Welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And John, I just noticed that you started going, hello. Is that, a, is that, is that your now, your, uh, is that your, what is that called? Like your My, thing? Yeah, your, like uh, calling card? Or, yes. Yeah. Is that your calling card? Uh, I don't know. I don't really hello know. Hello and welcome. I think it's, you know, every, everyone would enunciate the... I don't know what everyone would enunciate, but I figured it would be. They like, might put the emphasis on a different syllable. Exactly. So to stand out a little bit, I, like I might it. as well catch the catch them right away with the. Uh, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And you know, when I was an air traffic controller, we all had kind of uh, calling card. The calling is call sign. Is that what it is? Or no, no, no. These are calling card uh, uh, quirks that are just yours. Okay. Pilots have they have them too. Uh, so some guys would say at the end at the end of a radio conversation when a guy's going to change frequencies they mm-hmm. might say good day or they clear a god <laughs> clear a god and go you know good day yeah or some would say so long i thought <laughs> <laughs> i thought the the whole environment was engineered to not have quirks like that it is but you know it's like having it's like going to school where there's a uniform mm-hmm. you find some way to distinguish your uniform from everybody else's for sure uh color of your laces or the way you tie your shoes or yeah. you know something and this would be that same thing, just gotcha. something that's your little unique little thing. That's funny. I'm always shocked when, uh, if you ever hear black box stuff of like a plane going down or anything, mm, they show that yeah. on the news. Uh, even the the pilots in the situation, the controllers in the situation, it's always that same monotone. It is. And it's shocking to me. Like, a lot of these pilots know mm. they're about to die. It's yeah, crazy. I can't imagine that part. Yeah. The phraseology and stuff is so structured that it, yeah, and you're thinking about how to communicate what right. you're saying. So right. Yeah. Anyway, we got off to an yeah. interesting start. Today's our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It'll come out on the 23rd. Yeah. Christmas so, week. Uh, yeah. So Merry Christmas to you. And we thought we would do a couple of things in this episode. We are going to swap some Christmas stories around some very categories of stories. So story time is going to be a little extended today. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to address five. Let me count them. One, two, three, four, five. Five um, sticky wicket Christmas scenarios. <laughs> And what you might do, uh, some some Jim and yeah. John advice for uh, particular Christmas scenarios. Yeah, it's uh, it is a particularly sticky time of year sometimes. It, it can be, and so <laughs> we're gonna yeah. And, so yeah. Um, uh, if you need a little Christmas encouragement, if you're in a Christmas pickle, <laughs> we might have some uh, we might have some advice for you. Yeah, hopefully. And so it's Christmas week. You know your work week's going to be different. So I'm not sure how and when what in what scenario you might be listening today. If you usually listen to us while you're working out, or while you're driving your car, or while you're I don't know you're not mowing your grass this time of year. But mm-hmm. however you're listening to us today, uh, stick around. It'll be a little bit shorter episode than normal. We're going to tell some stories and then we're going to give some advice for five delicate Christmas scenarios. But first, John, mm-hmm. it is story time, which you're going to kick off our storytelling. Uh, does your story have a Christmas twist to it? Well, it didn't, and now I'm thinking I'll save because I got I got a good one. I, I you know <laughs> I'm, I'm mining through the, my head, and I found a nugget, and maybe oh, I'll save it for save later. that nugget yeah. for a future episode. Yeah. So there's your teaser. Come yeah. back next week, New Year's week. Although uh, we can make that your story time. Anyway, <laughs> catch a catch sure. a future episode to hear John's nugget story. <laughs> so uh, it's a nugget. So, it's yeah. A, 
Yeah, what do you call that? It, it's a, it's a, I'm up, not it's what a, I, said. I know it's a comeuppance story. Is it a comeuppance no, story? That, okay. We had one of our word moments off air this time. Yes. Where I used the word comeuppance. I had not ever heard that before. It is always negative. So, and so what happened? What was the exact scenario? You had done something and then it backfired on I you. I got us both coffee That's drinks. That's what it was. I bought the coffee drinks <laughs> and John went and got them and he chose the best looking drink for himself. Our drink mm-hmm. orders were identical. He chose the best looking drink for himself and gave his dad, who paid the bill, <laughs> what he thought was the inferior drink. Then as we're enjoying our drinks, John says, these aren't very good today. Mm-hmm. And mine happened to be one of the better. This this particular drink, it is a crapshoot. a lot sometimes. of variables in this drink. Yeah. And uh, I had one of the upper echelon experiences with this particular drink, and yours was inferior. Upper echelon. You get mad at me for using comeuppance, and you're throwing <laughs> words like upper echelon. <laughs> and so you said, I guess I got my comeuppance. Yeah. I was selfish, and I paid the price. You did. Comeuppance is it's just like bad karma. It's redneck karma. It's not redneck. Come up and that sounds redneck. That sounds country. It sounds uh, unintelligent. I assumed it was like an old English thing. I guess if it were uneducated, I would have known that word. But (laughs) okay. So anyway, that's that's come up. That's the to keep. keep, So we hope that this Christmas you won't get your come up. Exactly. You will get great gifts and have a wonderful time. Exactly. So, John, tell me, what is the favorite gift you ever received at Christmas? Uh Oh, man. I've got a lot of good gifts. You guys are really good at gift giving. And the way uh, um, my memory isn't as neatly organized as I would like it to be, a lot of times, you know, Christmas and birthdays get kind of all mixed together. So I can't really, I can't always distinguish. Yeah, Um, there's a particular gift I got as a kid that I always remember as one of my greatest gift moments. And the only reason I know it's not Christmas, that it was my birthday, is because it is a spring gift and so i would not get it at christmas so that's i I do have the same confusion when i think about different gifts i got well i have a few because you guys are so good at your job well let's hear a couple when we were in i think again who knows i think we were in montana (laughs) so i would have been little and uh, i got this uh, buzz lightyear toy Mm. that was like sleek dark gray he was like an ultra Buzz Lightyear, like an upgraded version. Yeah. And it was he was so cool. And Buzz Lightyear has one laser pointer. Yeah. Know? This guy had two, one on each arm. Oh my. He could do two at a time. And he's wearing like <laughs> like this dark armor. It was crazy. Uh I don't even know if I knew that thing existed. Yeah. But yeah. So that was crazy. Uh and then another one, which I had thought was a birthday until uh, recently when I realized the beauty of it was that it was a Christmas gift. So it was a Nintendo GameCube. Mm. This was at the very end of the of the cycle of that particular pro, or, uh, platform, which I didn't know at the time. And right. Who cared? It was because I got, you know, it was great. And uh, we opened our gifts Christmas Eve my whole life. Yes. As and all so, good people do. Right. As all God-fearing people do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I got this uh, new game system with a new game. And uh, the next morning, you know, no school, no nothing. Uh, yeah, I play a little bit that night. Wake up. We open our stockings, and there's candy in there. So I go back up to my room and play this game for a long time yeah. with this candy, and it's Christmas Day. I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> and you're all alone in a room with your video games. I think what a great well, day. I was hanging out no with Tim, No family engagement. No, no mom and dad, which had, we're loving, too. Like, we send you off to play <laughs> with your toys, and then we can just hang out and be together. Right. right. That's how that goes. Well, I don't remember that. Part. You know, speaking of speaking of Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. 
You, <laughs> <don't> do that. <laughs> save that. Save that for a different episode. Okay, another teaser. There's another a teaser. great Jonathan story as a little Jonathan <laughs> and uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. So uh, we ought to make a note of that because that's too smokes. good a story not to tell. All right. So, um, so what are what are the Christmas traditions that you really love? Because you mentioned Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. let's just walk through how lads spend Christmas. What what's our scenario? Yeah, I love all of our traditions because they're all. Uh, I don't know. I've just. I've never wished we did Christmas difference. We do Christmas Eve, and we never travel. A lot of families move around. Uh, and oh, go to, we go to we did travel a few times at Christmas, but um, back up Christmas Eve because what do we do first? Well, we go to Christmas Eve service. Boom! It's a wonderful. It's it, as a pastor, it's the highlight mm-hmm. of my year. Oh, nice! It is demanding. You know, when I get home oh, yeah. after the last one. All of you guys are in your pajamas, sitting there eating queso, which we can talk about in a second, the queso tradition. Uh-huh. And you're all in your jammies eating queso. There's a little bit left for me. And they're like, get in your jammies right now. You're just dying to open gifts. And right. we, of course, tell the Christmas story, whatever. So, so okay, so we go to the Christmas Eve gathering at church. Yeah, and that was because, like, uh, occasionally you would, guys would do uh, midnight services. Yeah. So you would come home, do all that, and then go back to church yeah. for uh, for the last service. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there was the service christmas eve stuff uh my mom would always cook queso dip yes. so like if you're not familiar just like basically uh uh Velveeta, yeah spicy sausage, sausage rotel dip uh, rotel sauce in there whatever that's called tomato and then mm-hmm. a little bit of jalapeno juice man and it is, it is nuts. bomb diggity yeah normally i remember as a kid we would they normally wouldn't have like sugary sodas in the house except yeah. for diet for you guys we'd have some kind of drinks mm-hmm. uh and it was great uh, and the whole, you know, being the youngest, there's a decent gap between me and the siblings. So a lot of times, this is the only time where I'd have a good chunk to hang out with them. Because even if we're home, they're off doing different stuff. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, and then gifts. So obviously. we're in our jammies, and we eat the queso. We would tell the Christmas story, and uh, mm-hmm. if Sue's dad happened to be there, which uh, many times he was, not certainly not all the time because they sure. were missionaries, but... If he was in town, he would read the Christmas story to us, even though we just did that at the Christmas Eve gathering. And my favorite moments was when he would read it and he would say, and suddenly a heavenly host appeared and they said to the shepherds, fear not. And John would always say, and the shepherd said, too late. (laughs) (laughs) He had all his little quirks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about you? Because I I realized later in my life that your Christmas as a kid looked a lot different than my Christmas as a kid. Oh yeah. So walk us through yours and then tell us your favorite, your favorite uh, <laughs> Christmas story. So uh, we were not, we were not people of practicing faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my parents had a belief in God and we were taught that God was real, but uh, we did not have, we did not practice our faith. So Christmas was not centered around worship. Sure. Um, or even acknowledging, you know, it was more Santa Claus than it was Jesus. Right. And um, <clears throat> so we had Santa Claus in the morning, and that was always a huge deal. And we would, um, Christmas Eve, again, would be a lot of people at our house mm-hmm. for tamales. We would have tamales oh. on Christmas Eve and, and homemade chili. And you you brought in the, the queso tradition, right? It was your idea. for yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we would have tamales, and, and this chili would be so hot, man. You could eat this chili. We didn't have snow in Dallas, but if you had four feet of snow, you'd go out there naked after eating this chili, and you'd be warm because it was just fiery hot chili. Spicy hot? or yeah, spicy okay. spicy hot chili with tamales. That sounds amazing. Oh, it was wonderful. And then we would we would have, 
you know, lots of family friends over, all mm-hmm. of our, you know, uh, girlfriends, friends, my dad's friends. And Homemade so, tamales? Uh, yeah. I'm, we would, we would, up a little on it, well, in the Dallas area, you could always find some Mexican families who gotcha. made tamales at Christmas and we would totally. buy them from them. They were just fantastic. And so, uh, my dad would play guitar and people would, we would sing and just, just have a blast. Then everybody would leave except family and we would have our gift, we would have our gift exchange mm-hmm. and we would uh, open gifts and stuff. And then, uh, on Christmas morning, this was being our tradition as well. You just had stockings. And gotcha. so in your stockings was always, uh, an orange every time, um, nuts, you know, walnuts, wow. pecans, all kinds of nuts. They really went all out. It was, it's a, I don't know where this comes from, but that's a thing. An, an, an orange and some nuts. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. To who? <laughs> <laughs> what culture? <laughs> I'm not sure. You should do some homework on that, but but that is a thing. Anyway, huh. uh, yeah, and then we would uh, spend all day Christmas, you know, hanging out, playing stuff, uh, and then we would go Christmas night either to a movie or bowling every time. This sounds like a blast. Yeah. We would do movies occasionally. I remember that. Yeah, we've done quite a few. Yeah, maybe once every other year or something yeah. like that. My dad loved movies, and we'd go to we'd go to movies or we'd go, to, we'd go bowling. For sure. Yeah. How did, because I know uh, Santa Claus was a, a contention between you and, and mom. How did you believe in Santa if you opened gifts in, at night? How did that work? Well, we started opening gifts when we all grew out of Santa. Oh, gotcha. When we when we were all young enough, or we had someone one kid young enough, then we didn't open gifts. We, uh, I think we would open one gift that was from each other, mm-hmm. and then you wake up in the morning. I mean, you go to bed. The trees. There's nothing under the tree, and then you get up Christmas morning, and it's packed with stuff, and none of it's wrapped. Right. Huh. Right. I think that's his own little quirk. Well, it created an interesting scenario. So I tell this story, <laughs> and uh, it it shows a little, just a glimpse into the kind of house I was raised in. Oh, boy. So I uh, get up one Christmas morning, and I was always the first one up because I'm fired up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I get out there to the tree, and all the gifts are there unwrapped, and there's two models and you can tell because what you've been asking for and stuff you you really know it was sure it was extremely rare no name plates or nothing right but it was it was it, i don't i think this story i'm about to tell you is the only time there was confusion about whose gift a certain thing was wow so i get out there and there are two models you know that you build i think uh cars or planes mm-hmm. or something and uh clearly for me and my brother and i chose the one i wanted and I'm making my little pile of my gifts, right? <laughs> sure. So he, he You didn't get, even wait for your family? No. No, it's first come, first serve. And, you know, anyway, uh, there wasn't a big gap. Then uh, my brother gets up. He's three years older than me. And my entire childhood, he would do this thing where he would make me do whatever he demanded. And mm-hmm. I would say no. And he would say one, <laughs> two, and then I would do it. Uh-huh. I never knew what three was because I was scared to death to find out. <laughs> sure. So uh, I'm sitting there with this model. His is right there. He goes, hey, 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 you got the wrong model. That one's for me. I said, no, this is this one's mine. No, give me that model. No. One, two. So I give him the model. <laughs> so when my dad gets out of bed. You can't remember if these are cars or planes? I don't remember. I think they were cars. Okay. And um, my dad gets out. You know, we're talking. And I said, and he said, how's your Christmas? And I said, man, it's awesome. Except Joel, Joe stole my model. He made me swap models. I got up first. I grabbed that one. He said, well, take it back. I said, you don't understand. He'll kill me. Mm-hmm. You take that model back. 
Dad, if I do, he said, Joe, he's going to take that model back and you're not going to get revenge. And I said, that ain't going to work. As soon as you're gone, he's going to punish me for this. Right. Dad said, you punch that boy in the face and you take your model. (laughs) I said, no way. My dad pins my brother down on his back. My dad's knees are on his arms. And he says to Joe, he's pointing in his face, if you if you get Jim back for this, I will kill you. And then he looks up at me and he says, now you punch this boy in the face and you take your mom. Oh, my gosh. And I walked over there and I punched my brother in the face. It's the only time I ever hit him. <laughs> and I took my model. And it was the greatest Christmas of my life. <laughs> <laughs> up to this very day. And, <laughs> So uh, that was, you know, that's that's just a glimpse into the uh, into the, yeah, the family tree there. They don't raise them like that anymore. That's true. They they, they don't. <laughs> so tell me, John, what's the worst Christmas gift you ever got? Oh man, I should have prepared for this. I don't actually know. Huh? I have had really good Christmases. Um, there was a bait and switch once where I asked for this one. I got a Game Boy. One of my uh, another one of my favorite presents back when I was really young. And then uh, left that one at an airport. Then I got another one. And then my niece threw it into a bathtub full of water. And then <laughs> years go by. And I'm at probably like 17 or something. And uh, I asked for another one here in Washington. I, I was like, oh, now they're, you know, you can get one for like like 30 bucks mm. on, on Amazon. And so I asked for a Game Boy with like two different games. And uh, it's the only thing I I asked for. You know, I'm I'm getting towards the end of the teen, teen years. Right. The lists are on the short way of the yeah. dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I get uh, I'm I'm you know all the boxes. I'm looking for anything kind of smaller. Uh, and uh, finally, I get through all the gifts. And there's one left, and it's this like broad, shallow box about the size of a record, like a, a music record. Thin like that. No, just the dimensions, just the oh, okay. width and the, okay. and the the and the length, just okay. a, a broad square, yeah, pretty shallow too, yeah. And I open it, and it's something from uh, I think it's a, a flannel from Eddie Bauer, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, really nice. But I'm you know I'm just like ah, that was it. And then underneath the flannel is a is a Game Boy and two two games. Yeah. So it was the that was about to be pretty disappointing, <laughs> and then it ended up being great. And I used that for I still have it actually. Yeah. I played every now and again. So I've. I've led a privileged life. I'm sure there's stuff that I was disappointed in, but I don't really, I don't really remember. That's good. So, uh, have you ever had a awkward gift exchange? Yeah, yeah. There was one. This one's about you and mom. If you'll let me tell it. Well, I don't know what it is. So, well, we can always edit it out. Okay. All right. <laughs> mom wanted wanted an office chair, and uh, she had said that. At some point. Yeah. And then it's coming close to Christmas and you say, ah, what am I going to get your mother? And I was like, oh, she wants an office chair. Right. And so we go and get her one and bring it back. And uh, I don't, my memory is that she didn't like it very much. She didn't like it one bit. Yeah. And your mother has this, uh, you might call it an illness. (laughs) She, (laughs) if she's unhappy, she cannot Uh make her face fake it. (laughs) That might be a gift. Yeah. I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but I mean, she can't hide it. Mm-hmm. And so it was instantaneously obvious. Obvious. Yeah. Brutal. It was a brutal, brutal Christmas. And that that brutality uh, carried on for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so really, my most awkward gift exchange was your gift yeah, exchange. Thanks and for I bringing it up. You want to give me a paper cut and pour some uh, lime juice on it? I tried to, you know, I prefaced it. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm going to tell yeah. you one of the most amazing Christmases I ever had, and it's actually when Please. I was a kid. So uh, we find out, I'm 16 years old, uh, find out in March that my dad has cancer, and in September, and, and during that time, you know, we come to faith in Christ, and then in September, my dad dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was my very best friend. He was the life of the party. I mean, everybody loved my dad. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was going to be a really rough Christmas. He died uh, about September 17th, as I recall. I came to faith in Christ about two weeks later. We're having our Christmas Eve, and it's just not the same. I mean, we're trying, we've got the chili and the tamales, and yeah. we're trading gifts. And um, my brother's home from college with his girlfriend, and there's, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it. But man, there's just a dark cloud for sure over the whole thing. And then, um, when we're all, you know, finished opening them, and we're loving each other, you know, we're worried about my mom. Actually, uh, yeah, anyway, so, um, my mom says, Hey, yeah, you each have one more gift. And she goes back into the bedroom and goes to the closet and brings out four gifts. And my dad had told her before he died what to give us that Christmas from him. Oh man. And so you talk about one of the most emotional, we one at a time opened our gifts from dad. Yeah. And it was as if he had rejoined us from the grave for this last christmas eve and man gave us each a gift it was it was just profoundly powerful that's awesome do you remember what he got you oh yeah it was his watch these were all things of his that he wanted us to have and so um mine was his his watch it was a gold watch he actually had won in a poker game (laughs) uh but he loved that watch it was a bull of a real thin gorgeous watch with three diamonds in the face it was was a very expensive watch. high stakes poker game it was my dad loved to gamble <clears throat> yeah. Sounds like Indiana Jones or something. I'm... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So uh, should we uh, jump into some helpful things here real quick and then maybe tell a story or two at the end? Or you got something you want to tell? Yeah. You, you got a story? No, you, I've, I'm, you know, for the life of me, I, I don't have a ton of these stories. So I'm already uh, I'm already searching the the, the dregs of, of my memory here. Well, let me just uh, pick a fight with you since you picked one with me and my oh, wife. Please. Um Santa Claus, no Santa Claus, when you have little kids, I understand there's already a little tension in the marriage about this subject. Yeah, you're you're trying to pick at scabs that don't <laughs> exist yet. So I'm I'm okay so far. Yeah. But yeah, we I was raised no Santa Claus. Right. You know? Well we yeah, because we did it one time because I wanted to give my kids the childhood I had. Before I was alive, I think. Yes. Julie and Tim were the only kids mm-hmm. and Julie was Julie was three and Tim was one. And I talked Sue into having Santa Claus this credit. We were living in Harlingen, Texas. I was an air traffic controller. And uh, we did it. It was it was awesome. Well, I thought there was one where, like, it was this. You, it wasn't wrapped, and you had to, like, assemble it, and it didn't go very well. Am I, uh, am I misremembering? No, that's – I have memories of my dad. I woke up to him cussing and throwing tools <laughs> down the hall because he couldn't get the, the racetrack he was building me to go together right. Uh, no, but this, this thing went, it went, it went awesome. And at the end, you know, we're sitting there Christmas night and after the whole thing's over and I said, well, what do you think? She said, man, it was awesome. And we'll never do it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> to her, you know, you, uh, lying to your kids and not making it about Jesus. And it was, yeah. you know, um, so we, we never did. So you were raised, you, from the time you were born, never, never a Santa Claus. Yeah. We were, uh, what's the... 
Um, we 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 were like a Christmas Sadducee family. We didn't believe in Santa Claus, was, you know. <laughs> and Lindsay was, uh, and that made you sad. You see, you no, know, I was fine. I and that's why I'm I'm I would be look how you came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm doing great. I can't even remember a bad Christmas. Who could say that? Yeah. So, uh, but Lindsay grew up on Santa Claus and she loved it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be uh. You know, that's future John's problem. He's going to he's gonna deal with that. I'm doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got all kinds that's of time. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So where's your money? I got to place my money on Santa. Oh, no I, Santa. Where's the bet go? If I were a bet, if I was your dad, yeah. I know exactly where I'd put my money. <laughs> all chips in on there's going to um, be a Santa There's probably going to be a Santa <laughs> If we could swing it, because what's really important to me is the is the gifts on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So if we could somehow treat the kids into thinking that Santa comes like... Like, like at noon. Yeah, maybe. He hits the West Coast first. <laughs> right. He goes, over, he goes counterclockwise around yeah, the world. Yeah. A counter orbit. I don't know. But like I said, future John's problem. I'm All not right. worried about it. All right. So, hey, we, we do want to give you some just some things we're thinking about because uh, Christmas isn't easy all the time. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's quite painful. So uh, I have a list of five scenarios, John, and I'd like us to kind of hammer out uh, some brainstorming ideas about what would, what should we do if. For sure. How about you you hit me with that as as soon as we're back from our commercial break? Done. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. So uh, someone hurt me, and I don't want to see them at Christmas time, or it's going to be hard to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be aunts, uncles, whatever, uh, distant family, whatever. What's your advice? Someone hurt me. I don't really. I, I'm gonna. It's going to be stressful to be around them. What should I do? Well, another thing, I have a, uh, a absence of experience in these situations. Mm. Um, our family is not uh, broken in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's mm-hmm. you know, um, no burned bridges or mm-hmm. or or maybe slightly burned, but you know, the bridge is still there. Yeah. Uh, so, really, it's that's an extraordinarily personal question. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, from people I know with with fresh wounds in this area um you know it's probably not going to happen and i wouldn't i wouldn't advise them to because of how fresh the wounds are so let me ask it in a more broad way this way sure should a person let's say should a christ follower put their mental and emotional health subjugated to the oughtness of uh peace for the sake of others Mm. or should they put their mental health first and say Everybody has to adjust to that because I just can't do it. Yeah. I think there is a, a lot of oddness. Um, but 
fall, you know, we're called to be servants, but not necessarily to uh, to put ourselves in in harm's way like that. And we're not robots, right? You're not a you're not Spock, mm-hmm. so you can't really go in there and just be like, oh, it'll be. I'm just going to be okay with it and make everyone happy, you know. Um, so really, it's tough because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say that there is no duty or responsibility there. Um, but in in a situation like this, you do come first in a way, you know? Yeah. So maybe I would say to understand the, the range of the wound. Mm-hmm. So I just don't like this person. They tell sure. stupid jokes. They embarrass me. They're rude to others. Okay. They probably need to endure that. And then at the other end, there's a wound. There's a denial about that. There's a refusal to apologize about that. Mm-hmm. There is a betrayal. We're all going to play make believe. At the end of the day, I would say this: uh, put your mental health first. Hmm. And if if that is too painful, do not consider that you have to go. Sure. And um, find a way around that. So uh, that would be my that'd be my advice. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. And I I wish I could give more. Um, specific advice or, or any um, examples that I have, but, um, but yeah, I don't think you, you don't owe it to them to, to be there in, in that, in the, the, the in extent that extreme of that range. Right, exactly. Yeah. And not even extreme, but that, that end of the scale. Right. Yeah. There, if it's just, if it's just, man, I just don't enjoy that. Yeah. Well then you probably need to take one for the team. Yeah. See your family. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm home alone. Uh, my family's moved away. Um, I'm single, uh, or widowed, and I'm alone at Christmas. Any ideas for me? Man, um, I think faith communities oftentimes are, are decent at this where, uh, you know, people will, will will know that you're going to be in that scenario and invite you over. I know we've done that at least a few times. Um, that's tough because if, no if no one's invited you, what are you going to reach out and be like, hey, can I come over for Christmas? That's, right. that's brutal. Um, let me think about it. You go first. What, do you have a well? Do I, do, a I think I think that... Um, you know, having a having a circle of community around you is important. Sure. And uh, so, if you don't have that, man, for future sake, start building that because there you, you're not made to live life alone. Mm-hmm. Um, more uh, likely to me is that you will have an invitation, and the decision is: Do I take the invitation and be the odd, you know, be the fifth right. wheel, or do yeah. I stay home and be alone? And I would say, be the fifth wheel. Yeah. Even if it's just for an hour, just so you get out of the house, you do something different. Uh, I would say take the invitation and go. Then I would say uh, some ideas if you're if you're alone and you don't have that opportunity or you just don't want to do that. Uh, do a hike. Get you know get out of the house. Go mm-hmm. do something. You could serve people who are also lonely. That was that was my my uh, just popped in my head. Uh, volunteering would probably, uh, if for no other reason than distraction, which I think it would mm-hmm. it would actually do a lot better for you than mm-hmm. just distracting you. You know you're you're working, but. Uh, you know, bringing people uh, like you a sense of comfort, serving at maybe a a shelter or Union or Gospel Mission, like somewhere like yeah. that, where they're yeah, going to yeah. do a Christmas feeding. You could also go to nursing homes. Nursing homes are incredible places oh, because yeah. some of those people have no family left, and you know they're going to have a Christmas meal there. But they mm-hmm. always love walk-in guests. If you just say, "Hey, I'd like to hang out with people and listen to their stories," and totally. You know, something like that. I, w- I would say uh, do something that gets you out of the house and maybe something that puts you around people who are uh, maybe in more pain than you are. And it brings um, it- something powerful about serving. That's really great advice. 
All right. Money's too tight to buy really good gifts. What should I do? I don't have a lot of money mm. this season. Well, that's tough, especially if you're a, um, a single parent or if you have more gift responsibilities. Uh, for me, because everyone I'd be giving gifts to is either an equal or um, a mentor. A higher wage earner. Yeah. So for me, it would be, you know, write them a note. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the. Uh, literal thousands of, of blessings of being married to my wife is she can make really, really cool gifts. You could give her a box bucks. of scraps. Yeah. And she could make a great yeah, gift out. Tony Stark style. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. So, and she does all that stuff. She, Tony Stark, <laughs> Lindsay Ladd had a box of scraps. Yeah. And she cave. made this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not Lindsay Ladd. Um, but yeah, she's great at that. So, but anyways, even if you're traditionally not great at that, a homemade thing, you know, let alone being cheaper, means a ton. Yeah, you know, your time is worth for a lot of people more than their money. Uh, so that's huge. And I'm not necessarily one to talk because I have the the you know hand dexterity of a of a kindergartner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, but hey, I mean, here's some ideas that yeah. I've done and have thought of. Some of these I've actually done. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are prolific breeders like Sue and I have been, and you've got five <laughs> children and you've got youth pastor income, you know, money's tight. Right. So um, some things I've done, particularly because you, when you have kids, you put all the money in the kids. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the gifts sure. for each other get, get compromised. Yeah, I believe um, So one thing you can do is make little cute little pieces of paper where you write uh, a thing on it and you put like 10 of those or – 12 of those like 12 days of christmas or something mm-hmm. you put them in a gift and and they're like coupons i've okay. actually done coupon books where sue could cash in a coupon nice. this is good for a free back massage for 25 minutes uh this one's good for um uh, dinner and a movie uh, this That's one awesome. you know just these coupons because i don't have money right now <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a uh but a, like uh, a line of credit yes a gift and credit. some of the coupons are just things you do for them Others are things that might cost a little bit of money, um, but that's that's one thing. Another one is uh, personal expression. So uh, I know how much your wife likes haikus. So <laughs> this is an inside joke because yeah. Lindsay's not a fan of haikus, but I actually wrote one for your wedding ceremony. Yeah, he not knowing that she it's not she doesn't feel one way or the other. I don't think about haikus, but he comes to me. As I'm the getting night dressed, before, yeah, no, the, the morning of. Oh, that's right. I'm getting dressed to go to the, you know, out to the to field. the wedding venue. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I wrote a, I wrote a haiku for the ceremony <laughs> for Lindsay," <laughs> and I was like, "Why? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> a haiku, by the way, is a Japanese form of poetry, and is it, it's five seven five, so yeah, five syllables. syllables, seven syllables, mm-hmm. five syllables. So it's only three lines, and it's five seven five. She really appreciated the gesture, but and she, I worked on it. <laughs> I stayed up late that night working on that. And when you told me, because your response literally was, Lindsay hates haikus. <laughs> and my heart sank. I'm like, what am I going to do now? Because I was really kind of proud of it. Well, you should have been. It was it was great. <laughs> I've had people. It was like some kind of legendary performance. I've had people way after the fact tell me that it was the best wedding ceremony they'd ever seen. I think it's the best I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it was it was extraordinarily special. It was yeah. just very connected and everything. And, you yeah. Know, Lindsay's dad driving her to the to the aisle in a mm-hmm. in a razor. I mean, that's pretty rare. That was great. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of anyway. So, so you can write but, a poem. But, yeah, that kind of uh, that you know. I'm assuming with the people you're getting gifts for, if you're this broke, mm-hmm. it's going to be because you care a lot about them. So you'll know, you know, what they really what's really meaningful to them and what's not. Yeah. So Tim yeah. and Brittany, you know, Brittany had a habit where for several years she made us a family calendar. 
Oh, I remember that. Remember that was those? Great. They're yeah. amazing. So she took pictures off of our Facebook pages and pictures that she had. And so um, for everybody's birthday in the calendar would be a funny picture of them. Right. And, and their, their picture would be on the top of the and, month, too. And Yeah. And so every month had a big family picture on it. And that birthday person, the birthday people of that month would be in that picture, at least. Just an incredible gift. And that is not a lot of money to put together. They're mm. pretty cheap now. Walmart and other places, they can print those for you for pretty yeah, cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are great gift ideas. Okay, uh, two more. I want to inspire faith in my family, but I don't want to preach at them. Hmm. How can I do something at Christmas that will help my uh, kids or relatives think about the Lord when that's not what they're normally going to think about? That's really, really tough. I think the tradition of reading the story, even so we did, you know, it's kind of a double feature. We We came home from the service, which was normally based on the nativity story Mm -hmm. and then we'd read it as a family read the actual passages you would Mm -hmm. read it uh, while we're around the tree Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of hard to spend that much actual time focusing on that and have it not be kind of the central theme so Mm -hmm. i think um if that wasn't effective you did all you could right i don't know what, what more you could do without you know having like uh like crosses all over the tree every every gift has like a verse on it you know yeah, so uh, it it can be tough, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know some some people say, well, I'm going to preach at them. You know, mm-hmm. I got a captive audience; I got them all together one time. <laughs> sure, I'm going to preach at them, and I don't personally think that's an effective means. Um, so, I have two ideas uh, that are faith development ideas because I have adult kids, mm-hmm. and I want to keep having a faith influence in their lives. So two ideas come to my mind. One is a Christmas idea that fits this conversation. The other one is a different idea. Um, but uh, the the Christmas idea, and this happened, um, I want to say, two Christmases ago. Okay. But what I did was I, I researched, uh, I thought about each kid and their spouse, whatever. Oh, this was really great. And I thought of a scripture verse. I thought of something about their personality. Yeah. Or something about um, if they have worries or whatever. And I found a particular scripture verse that would be an inspiration to them. And then I had that uh, in a photo. You can you can do this with version. They actually p- can make these for you. Mm-hmm. You can put images with the scriptures. <clears throat> and I made one for each person. And then I went and had those printed as photographs at uh, Walgreens or somewhere. And then I put those in a picture frame. So the whole thing is like, you know five bucks each sure but a lot of thought and one of the i feel bad for not mentioning that that's one of the more meaningful gifts i've ever i've ever gotten well what's interesting is as i've gone to all five of my kids houses Mm -hmm. those are prominently placed either in their office or in their house yeah because it did turn out to be quite meaningful it was cool because i really felt like god helped me pick the verse for each person and it did resonate each one of each one was so specific yeah yeah that was incredible i forgot about that and so that's just a that's a way you can express faith in an affirming way, in a way that might inspire, but that's not preachy. Yeah. And cause, cause what really was meaningful, it's, it is in, you know, by nature, um, the word of God, that specific right. gift. But what was meaningful was the recognition. It was the, mm-hmm. you know me well enough that this was the right verse, verse for you. Yeah. So what, you know, regardless of it was, if it was the spirit helping you with that, that means enough to them yeah. to, you know, be, yeah, yeah, be effective. Yeah. 
Uh, the other idea I had, which is not a Christmas time deal, is Marco Polo and a word of the day. And I would get on Marco Polo every day and mm-hmm. and do a video word of the day, and and family could see that. I I just that was another way to inspire faith without being preachy. Sure. All right. So uh, one more. This is my first Christmas without someone I love. Uh, they died. Uh, maybe they abandoned me. Hmm. Um, they moved away. Uh, it could be a parent, a spouse. Um, it's my first Christmas without that person. You got any any advice for that? This is the hardest one. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything for that. That's so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like you lived that, you know, with your dad, mm-hmm. and it was really great that he had the foresight to to kind of plan for that. Um. May, and you know a blessing of that is you were with all these other people who felt the same kind of who uh, uh unnoticeable or un well not unnoticeable um you can't look over it uh you know it's, it, what's the term but his absence was very noticeable right, right. you could not notice unmistakable it. unmistakable yeah, yeah. The unmistakable absence yes and everyone there knew it so right. you weren't alone mourning this you had a right. whole room of people who understood exactly what you're going through so um you know, and if you're if you're if you check both these boxes, this one and the one where you're entirely alone, um, then really, really don't be alone that day. Probably. Yeah, I think I think I think maybe a chunk of alone time because it's good to. Uh, there's something. This is hard, um, but it's also powerful. Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful in loss, because if you didn't feel loss, then you didn't have something worth losing. Mm-hmm. And so there's something beautiful about love and loss and pain. And I would encourage a reflection zone in the Christmas season, uh, maybe writing down my favorite memory or remembering previous Christmases uh, with that person or um, looking through photo albums and enjoying some of the the memories, Uh, conversations and stories, you know. Um, we, we used to do this around our dinner table when you guys were all living at home and, and I would say, okay, we're going to play, remember the time. And each person around the table would have to tell a remember the time story. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that time that, you know, whatever you sure. And there were some really hilarious stories by the time the thing's over, people are laughing so hard. Something's coming out of their nose. It's just, uh, it's pretty cool to, to, to just remember and enjoy and celebrate that. Even if it brings tears to your eyes and, and deep feelings. I would say that. And then I would yeah. agree with you. Don't don't be alone. You got to get out of the house. You got to connect with someone. Yeah. And if that person, if it could be, you know, depending on your situation, a person who also has felt that loss, I don't know. Did that help right. you to be around? Oh, that it was, that they uh, all knew exactly what Unbelievably so. I mean, I that's probably the closest I ever felt to my siblings and my mom was that night. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All Hope, right. Hopefully that's helpful. I hope it is too. Let's, uh, We've learned our mistake from ending too dour in the, the depression episode. <laughs> Let's do a quick lightning round on okay. favorite Christmas movie, uh, Christmas song, and Christmas snack or food. or Okay. Yeah. So, Christmas movie. Uh, we're going to take turns going first because yeah. I don't want to go first for all of these. Okay. You go first for that one. Okay. First, best Christmas movie, Die Hard. Okay. That's already contentious. I know. People argue that's not a Christmas movie, but it absolutely is. There's Christmas music. It's at Christmas time. Uh, he's there with his Christmas gift. He opens, you know, he walks into the airport with that giant teddy bear. Mm-hmm. It's got Christmas all over it. He makes Christmas jokes. He writes ho, ho, ho in blood on he one does. of his victims. Yes. Yeah, that's Christmas. It's a Christmas heck. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, uh, uh, disclaimer, mm-hmm. I am not endorsing this movie, <laughs> and I'm not sure. encouraging anyone of any age who has certain faith uh, beliefs mm-hmm. or uh, resistance to things like profanity or and violence. I'm not encouraging you to watch the movie. I'm just saying it's my favorite. If this year, if you're thinking it wasn't that bad and you watch it with your kids, oh, it was, it was it pretty was, bad. It was bad. Watch the televised version. I'm sure it's on TV. Oh, that's, there you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Version. That'll do it. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite Christmas movie? Well, if that one counts, it might be that one. But uh, it counts. I just told you it I, counts. I believe it counts. <laughs> I just feel like it's not the right answer. You know? Oh, okay. Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie. And I, I love Lethal Weapon, not as much as Die Hard. So if no. I'm going to consider both of those, Die Hard wins. Die Hard wins. Uh, I'll say. So when you you got the kids, you got okay. the little kids, yeah. right? And home they, Alone. And yeah, Home Alone. Sure. If, if, I, home if alone. I'm playing that game, then it's Home Alone. Home Alone is funny because I call it uh, PG Die Hard. It is Die Hard. Yeah. He's he's there. You're, he has you're to, right. He's yeah. a, and against insurmountable odds, he has to set traps <laughs> and and you know yeah. use whatever he can and whatever's yeah. around him. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a shoes We just watched it with Eleanor uh, last week or something. It holds up. It's a great movie. But I just named that. You got to name one. Well, no, you you can't name two. That one's mine now. No, because I said it. Yeah, but it's still mine. All right. You don't have another one? Home Alone 2. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yes. Home Alone in New York. What are (laughs) the odds? What are the odds that the same criminals are in New York the same time you are? What are the odds that a six-year-old kid beats off two villains with a (laughs) a freaking clothes iron? And that tarantula happens to be right at the right spot where he can lay it on the guy's head. So the odds are irrelevant. Okay. Home Alone 2 has one of the funniest lines where they're climbing this rope to get into the house, the the two criminals. Mm. They're climbing, climbing this rope to get into the second story. And the kid has soaked it in fuel. He's gonna he's gonna mm. light on fire, and uh, I'm so against this movie. I've never seen it. So you're telling me well, something? This I don't is know. this is I didn't even I don't remember laughing. This as a kid. I watched it a few years ago, and yeah. I was in tears. And uh, it's Harry and Marv, and Marv yeah. says, uh, "Hey Harry, you wearing aftershave?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and Marv says, uh, or Harry says, uh, "No, it's kerosene. The rope is soaked in it." <laughs> and then the kid lights it on fire from the bottom, right? And, and just the fact that he knew that it was soaked in kerosene. Right, and he's still <laughs> climbing it. Kills me. So Home Alone 2, if you're going to take Home Alone from me. Okay, now, uh, there's also Christmas Vacation. We watched that uh, two days ago, me and Lindsay. I see, you know, I've seen lots of people having these little gifts and pictures and knickknacks of the dude, you know, emptying his uh, RV. Oh, the, the sewage. Sewage in, yeah. into the street. Yeah. Yeah. That okay, one, what was your next question? Well, that one is... I would say not as bad as Die Hard. I wouldn't watch Home or Christmas Vacation with the kids. Maybe. I wouldn't one. watch it myself. Really? No. Mm-mm. It's pretty funny. It's a little edgy for me. It's a little raw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second one. Favorite Christmas song. Oh. oh, you have to go first this time. Oh, shoot. Well, then I got. Okay. Yeah. Favorite Christmas song. I am not big on Christmas music. Uh, I don't know why. I don't like it very much. Really? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay, I'll tell you mine while you're thinking. Yeah, please. It's it's actually a hymn, and I can't remember the name. Oh, oh, holy night! Fall on your knees, hear the angels oh, singing. Oh, that that's a great uh, one. That's man, mine. What an I just said it's that's mine. <laughs> you can't do that. Anyway, it's such a powerful anthem. Yeah, I love that song. Okay, I'll give you another one. The Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, oh, no. Tonight's the night the world begins again. I don't know. Think that's the that's name not of a Christmas it. song, is it? Well, I turned it into one because it says <laughs> it's it is talking about uh, it is talking about Christmas. Okay, but it has this line that you have to take out and edit because the line says, um, <clears throat> uh, "And there's one child 
So it says tonight's the night. It's talking about Christmas Eve yeah. and the birth of Jesus. Tonight's the night the world begins again. And there's one child who can change the world. But then he says, and there's millions more that probably could. Like mm. thinking like Jesus is just one of a group. So we gotcha. actually did that song in church. I've begged every Christmas Eve. That's the song I want the <laughs> band to do live. And we've actually pulled it off three times in, in uh, different churches. But we changed that line. But uh, it's just, I, when I think of Christmas Eve, and I think tonight's the night the world begins again because of the coming of Jesus. I just love that. And it's a great sounding song. Yeah, the bummer with Old Holy Night is there's like that. Have you heard that parody version? I think it's like, it's not Adam Sandler. It's even worse. It's this, some guy who's just like off key and oh, screeching terrible the voice. whole song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that what it didn't ruin it for me, but it, it's hard. But it's a powerful song. All right, what was your third What was your third question? Uh, third question was uh, Christmas food. Oh, yeah. queso. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna count Christmas all the stuff Eve, we eat, queso, yeah. quesos. If you count tamales and chili, holy smokes! I haven't had that since my dad was alive. I'm surprised you haven't asked, uh, you know, our family for that. Yeah, tamales are hard to come by in mm, Washington. They're hard for to sure. come by. I mean, we can find them. I we actually tried it a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, there's a that, there's a restaurant in town that Julie loves their tamales. I don't like them. They're they're way heavy dough, a little bit of meat. Oh, I hate that when they're too dry like yeah, that. Yeah. We once a uh, little little story to end it. Uh my uh friends in uh Colorado, their uh dad cooks a lot and we went to this Mexican market because in Denver, you know, there's yeah. way more of those than there are here. And uh just Mexican like said, market or me- Mexican Mex- both. <laughs> they go hand in hand sometimes, you know. <laughs> okay. Mexican market is what I was referring to, yeah. but uh, there was this, uh, like you said, you could find people just selling them. There was this uh, old Hispanic woman uh, sitting outside the outside the entrance with a cooler full of tamales mm. that she had cooked herself. Mm. Oh, they were amazing. Those are great. They were so good. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas. We hope you have a great Christmas. By the way, a couple of uh, one more announcement for us. Mm. Uh, uh, at Evergreen Christian Community, the church that I pastor, we do a YouTube video once a week called T-7, Truth in Less Than Seven Minutes. And my co-host on that has been a guy named Joel, who's not doing that with us anymore. He's a wonderful guy. And now John and I are going to be doing Team on a 7 together. We mm-hmm. actually had uh, our second episode comes out this week. Um, so uh, we're starting again in mid-January, and we're going to do weekly on uh, Evergreen's YouTube channel a Team on a 7 Jim and John version. Yeah. So uh, you can catch us there as well. Yeah, if you want to see me be really awkward on camera, that's, <laughs> that's the quickest way to do it. Yeah, you have a voice for radio, and yeah. you have a face for radio. Yeah, all yeah. my whole body's made for radio. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you. Thanks for listening. 